Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Hey everybody, it's Chris Riley. Welcome back to Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. This is segment two with Tom Chorson. So you spent two years at the University of Minnesota, and you're going to chase your Olympic dream with the 1988 team. Um, and unfortunately, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were the last cut on the team. Yeah. Uh, Herb Brooks had that happen to him. Billy Guerin had that happen to him. Yeah. Here you are. You're a first round draft choice and you're playing at the University of Minnesota and you get cut on this. How did you handle that? Was that like your first major setback in your entire hockey career? Like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened to me. It was probably my first major setback. Yes. Um, I, I, I think I, I was, I wanted it so badly. I was just pressing and squeezing my stick and um, I'd started and I, I did okay at, you know, I had some games that were good and I certainly practiced really well because of my skill set. And I was, but I got into these games and we started getting later and later in the season. And I just, I wasn't playing very well. And I, 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 I got what I deserved. Um, but unfortunately I really wanted to make that Olympic team. It was on my bucket list of things to do. And I could, you know, we, we, we were whatever, four weeks away and then three weeks away. And I just convinced myself, I'm like, I'm screwing this up. I'm screwing this up. I, I'm, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it really got in my head and got really down and, and lost my confidence. And so, um, it was really tough because then you kind of, you know, they cut you. I, I, I knew the cut was coming, but then you got to go back home and, and, you know, the Olympics are going on and I actually ended up going to the Olympics. I don't know why, but they called and said, Hey, if, if you want to go, we'll, we'll send you airline tickets and we'll put you up in the hotels and everything. And I thought, yeah, I'll go watch these guys. They're my buddies. And I had some other friends from Minnesota that were going to be there. So I actually went to the Olympics, had a ball actually, and probably decided, Hey, if you can't beat them, join them and just have fun. But <laughs> it was, it was tough. It was, I remember coming home kind of with my ta tail between my legs, feeling kind of ashamed that um, I had really missed an opportunity and, and not, wasn't going to be part of something I really wanted. Mom and dad kind of help you out a little bit there, or they just kind of like tough love or. Yeah. I don't remember anything specific. I'm sure they, they felt bad along with me. Um, and you know, they were, again, neither one of them were athletes. They couldn't, they couldn't relate to what was going they on. They couldn't relate huh? to it as much, except just to feel bad for their son who, you know, got cut from, got cut from the Olympic team. Um, you know, and you know, they, in some ways that maybe that's easier, right. When you don't have my kids, you know, my kids have to deal with a dad that did have a long career and won a Stanley cup and has done this and that. And, um, you know, you have to be careful of, of, the, the, the pressure that they feel maybe with that hanging over them, you know, when they come home and don't make a team, they, it's pretty easy for them to feel pretty badly. Like, Oh, I'm probably let my dad down, but we, yeah. we make sure not to, not to make them feel that way. So most guys would go to the NHL. You decide to go back to the university of Minnesota. What did that do for you for confidence and your overall play? Yeah. You know, I still had some unfinished business winning a national championship was one of them. I also, my parents had really, I think would have, they wanted me to get one more year of school under my belt uh, towards a, towards a degree. And also we were going to be 
contenders. We were going to be pretty good. Dave Snuggerud, who was um, on the Olympic team, had decided to come back as well. Todd Richards, who he got cut before I did, but he was still back at Minnesota. We had Rob Stauber, who had just won the Hobie Baker Award as a goalie, first time a goalie won it. And some other great players in like Larry Olam, you know, one of the all-time leading scorers for Minnesota, um, ultimately. And uh, it just felt like, you know what, I could use another year of development and I, I want to try to win a national championship. And so we, we put to, you know, we all just kind of came back or not all of us, but like I said, Richards was going to be back. Snuggerwood's going to be back. We got a great goalie and stopper. Um, what it did for my confidence. Yeah. I walked down to campus and they dropped the puck that fall. And I felt like I was, um, I was a step ahead of all these college players. I had played at a higher level with better players. I had a lot to prove having gotten cut, um, first round draft pick that I was going to get back on track and prove that, yeah, I'm going to make it in the NHL. Uh, I remember pretty early on, I don't remember what weekend it was. Um, we were playing North Dakota who was down that that year after they won the national championship just before that with a great team, the Hercus circus. Um, if you remember, yep, Herkus, remember Tony Hercus, yeah, yeah. Tony Hercus and Bob Joyce and Ian kid. And, uh, there was a winger Johnson. They, they had a great team. Um, and, but when I went back for that last year, 88, 89, um, they weren't very good, but I had a four goal game against them on, the first game and a two goal game, the second game, I think, or maybe it was the other way around Two the first night and four the second. So all of a sudden, you know, I'm a few weeks into my college season and I had a six goal weekend. Um, that's kind of how I felt. And then unfortunately I dislocated my shoulder the following weekend against the uh, Duluth and, and I was out for about five weeks. So I missed, I missed a bunch of games, but my confidence was very high going back after playing um, on that national team and, touring in Europe and playing all these, we think we played nine NHL teams during the exhibition season. And then we played all the college teams. So yeah, my confidence was very high. So you're there for one year, you come up short, you don't win the national championship, Harvard wins. Um, did Montreal come calling then and said, it's time to come to the NHL. It's time to come up here. And we think you're ready. Yeah. They had actually asked me the year before um, and they weren't, you know, weren't begging, but they just said, Hey, if you want to turn pro, you can do it now. And then that's when I decided to go back and play one more year of college. Um, and this time around though, yeah, it was a little bit more like, Hey, it's, it's time. And, and I felt it was time. Um, I was, I was kind of old for my grade going in. I turned 19 my freshman year, um, you know, and then I took a year off. And, and, and so my graduating class was leaving anyway. And, and so it, it made sense. It was time for me to, to make that jump uh, and, and sign the contract. And that was an exciting time. You know, when you, you ink your, your first contract, I, you know, I didn't make a boatload of money, but I made enough to buy myself a new car, the first car I'd ever bought and um, had, you know, could go out and buy a couple of new pair of jeans. And uh, I was going on to, to play in Montreal or try to anyway. <laughs> You wind up in Sherbrooke in the AHL. What was the jump like for that now? Now you're with guys, you know, I, I've talked to some of the guys here on the show and they've talked about, you know, there's only 750 jobs at any given time in the NHL. You, now you're going to the AHL. These are the guys who want to get to that next level in the NHL. For you, what, what did you think going into that? I, you know, 
my game, I have to bring my A game every night or it's going to be adjustment or, you know, what, 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 what did you go through when you got there? Well, it's kind of interesting. I, I got to training camp in Montreal that first year and I was jazzed. I was ready to go. Um, I was physically ready. I was, I was not lacking for, you know, size, strength, speed. And I made the team actually, I think, I think there were some injuries, but I played really well and I was a first round draft pick. So they were giving me a good chance, a good look. And I made the team out of camp, um, which was, which was pretty cool. Um, but kind of nerve wracking. I was pretty nervous about, you know, being, being on the team all of a sudden it's a big jump. Um, I played 15 games, 16 games. I think that first little stint and then players started coming back and I clearly wasn't quite ready. And, you know, my game wasn't uh, mature enough, probably in my own end and, and physically like finishing checks and all these little things, you got to do a lot of little things, right. To, you know, you turn pucks over in the NHL and it ends up in the back of your net. So the, and they had probably already, they had planned on me getting, you know, my ice time in, in Sherbrooke. So I ended up, yeah, going down to Sherbrooke. You know, I, I felt like this should be pretty easy. I made the team two weeks ago. I'm playing in the NHL. I should be able to do all right. Well, I got to Sherbrooke and whether or not I just thought it was going to be easy and it's not, whatever, um, I started struggling there and, and found myself sitting out of a game like in Sherbrooke a couple of weeks after being in the NHL. And that probably wasn't an accident. I'm sure they were sending me a little message, but that was a, a big eye opener. Um, it was, it was, you know, I don't want to say it was hard. It just was a lot different. You, you know, we had, like you said, it's, it's, it's competitive when you're in the minor league to make it up to the big club. And then in Montreal, um, you know, there's, there's French, French Canadian players from, from Quebec. And then there's Anglo Canadians and there's Anglo Americans and, and there's not a huge rift, but it, there's a little co competition there between French and, and English speaking players because there's French and English speaking media, radio, TV, yep. newspaper, all that. And, and the French media favors the French players and the English media kind of favors the English players. And so, and then the, you know, the, there's clicks on the team, but yet you still have to kind of make it work. And we had a really good team. We ended up, I think, winning the league in, in the American hockey league. Uh, we had a bunch of first rounders on the team besides me, Andrew Castles, Mark Peterson. Um, we were tough, man. I couldn't, not that I wanted to get into a fight very often, but, um, there, if, if I wanted to get into a fight, the line started behind like Lyle Odeline, Steve Martinson. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't, I, I don't, I don't even remember the, the Robert's brothers, Mario and Serge. These guys were like a, traveling show um one was a heavyweight one was a lightweight so like you, you almost couldn't get into a fight because the opponents would look at our roster and like well i'm they would just try to get a fight out of the way anyway they'd get their fight done and and we had too many guys that also had to get a fight under their belt every game pretty much back then and so um it was hard to it was hard to get into a fight because we were <laughs> tough and those guys felt like they were supposed to protect the first round draft picks uh so i remember i i, I did we did get into kind of a five on five and i was fighting and maybe i even kind of started it and we got ejected because there was less than five minutes left and we're in the locker room and I was kind of fired up because it was like my first fight and I was fine. I didn't 
you know, get killed, didn't get scarred, and, yeah. didn't get scarred or whatever. And I was like, that was great. And the the Mary Robert, one of the one of the tougher guys on the in the league, he came over and he said, "You don't do that. That's my job." <laughs> I, you know, you're making me look bad. Like if you get in a fight or if you were to get hurt and I'm out there, that makes him look bad. And he would feel responsible or maybe be held responsible for, for letting that happen. And, and, you know, here's me coming out of Minnesota high school, (laughs) hockey and college hockey, never been in a fight. Um, and, and have this guy telling me like, Hey, you don't do that. That's my job. job. It's kind of funny. I have to ask you this question. I've always wanted to ask guys this what what's it like to pull on the Montreal Canadiens sweater for your first game? And what do you remember about it when you were sitting there before the game? You know, it's, it's, you feel like an honor because um, I mean, well, first of all, I had to wear number 31. I don't think they thought I was going to make the team. They gave me number 31, um, you know, it, which obviously is not a very High num- it's a high number. It, it's not a low it's number. Not it's not a, a hockey number. Well, it's a goalie number. Yeah, it's true. It's not a very impressive forward right wing number. Um, John Cordick had worn it before me, uh, rest his soul. But, um, you know, I think, and another reason why there's not that many numbers to go around because about eight I or ten I think everything's retired. Yeah. They're hanging, they're the hanging rafters. in the rafters, all the good numbers, right? So um, that's part of it. You look up in the rafters and you see Cornwallier and, and um, you know, all the best players um, that that have played for the Montreal Canadiens, the legends, the Hall of Famers, um, you know, not to mention Serge Savard, who was the GM at the time who had signed me and drafted me. Um, these guys are like lurking around. They're in the hallways. They're coming to the games on Saturday night dressed in a suit and they just look so majestic. And and you're pulling on this jersey and and you, uh, you, you know, for me, I'm like, you're just like, I'm not worthy. Maybe I'm not sure if I'm worthy to do this, but, um, and it's just such a classic, you know, brand and, and classic logo. Um, pretty cool. And, and to play in the old original forum where so much, where so much history happened was another cool thing. I scored my very first goal in that forum, uh, against the Boston Bruins, uh, which is obviously a huge rivalry The the Bruins and, and Montreal Canadians are, you know, long known to be just a great for years. Um, What do you remember about your first goal? I mean, it was a pretty cool, you're like, Oh my gosh, I did. You know, you you still have the puck got the, well, they, they framed it for me or they put it on a plaque. So I have it, you know, it's sitting in my basement, not prominently displayed, but um, I do have it. And I, I look at it occasionally. Um, I remember it was a, I think I was playing with Bobby Smith and Matt Naslin. Um, it was during that first stint when I made the team out of, out of training camp that first year. Um, and it was a slap shot coming down the right wing on the ice, far side, um, got a pretty good, got it, got a hold of it pretty good. Wasn't that surprised that it went in, but it, yeah, you score that first goal, you're in the NHL. Um, it's, you, it's, it's a unique feeling that you kind of figure that, you know, you, you, you always dreamed about it. You, you, you made it up when you were a kid. Um, you also think that not that many people are going to get to do this. Uh, so, you know, you pat yourself on the back a little bit too, at the same time while you're in awe of, of, of what's just happened. What's something you, you, you didn't realize about the NHL when you got there? What's, what's something you were just like, Oh my gosh, I never knew this about the league or I never knew this about this level of play. Um, 
I think a combination of, of realizing what a pro is or what a, what a professional is. Um, and you know, you're a kid, I'm 22 years old, but there's these other guys that are been in the league for maybe four or five, six, eight, ten 10 years. Uh, they're married, they've got families, but the way they conduct themselves, uh, all of a sudden you're just like, you realize like, Oh, this is what a, this is what a pro athlete who really does it right. This is how they do it. Um, this is how it's done. Um, they're usually a little helpful for you too. You know, you know, they're not like bending over backwards to help you, but a little comment here, a little, Hey, I noticed this there. Um, Hey, why don't you try this? Or, you know, I noticed last game that that happened. Don't do that. Um, the other thing is just how many, how important little things are. And it's hard to even describe the little things, but sometimes it's just like, you need to get the puck over the blue line or, you know, out of your defensive zone um, because there's under five minutes left. You're at the end of your shift. Don't try to make a pass across the ice. Have, you know, you start to learn to have the, I guess the awareness of, Hey, all I got to do is get this puck out to the neutral zone and hop off the ice so we can get a new body up. You know, there's all these little things that make a big difference and that all these pros, the older guys, the coaches, they know it, they see it. And now I'm older and I'm part of a junior hockey team um, or I've been watching my you know kids play high school hockey. You, you can just see it. You're like, Oh geez, they didn't get it out. That's, you know, yeah. that's, that's a big deal. And no one else in the building or most kids would be like, Whoa, what's the big deal? And you're like, trust me. It's going to, you know, it, it, there's a lot of ramifications. It ends up back in your end, it might end up in the back of your net, or you just, there's all these little things that go on and in the nuances of the game. So it's a little hard to describe. I mean, you could, if you had a little more time or maybe paper and pencil, but um, <laughs> I have no dry erase boards. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I know. So, but that's it. It's, it's kind of like what, a, what a pro looks like a, a true pro, you know, the guys that take the game very seriously, um, yet they can have fun, they can laugh, they can giggle, um, but they teach you how to like, okay, we're laughing in the locker room before practice, but the moment you step onto the ice, whether it's the forum or, you know, whatever rink you're stepping onto, you got to put on your game face and you better be ready to, I, I'll tell you this in New Jersey, Scott Stevens held us to a high standard of, of practice and performing and doing drills and being ready. Um, guys like that, you just, you just start to understand and learn um, if you're going to play in this league and if you're going to be a pro player, there's a way to do it. And, and there's a way not to do it. And if you don't do it the right way, you don't stay. Is it harder? I've asked this question to a lot of our guests. Is it harder to make the NHL or is it harder to stay there? I think it's harder to make it. Um, once you make it, I think you, if you're, if you have some, you know, confidence in your ability and some belief and you're, and you're, you're ready to um, handle it. Uh, you get this, you get this level of confidence and, and you feel like you're competent and you're, you're, you're ready and you're prepared and you have the skills. Um, and all of a sudden you're surrounded by other players that many of them are better than you. Uh, and so I would say that sometimes playing with better players is easier. Um, because they know how to get open. They know how to knock down a, you know, maybe a fluttering pass or they know how to kick it from their skates up to their stick. Um, 
the defenseman will make a direct tape to tape pass instead of just rimming it around the boards. Uh, if, you know, if a puck's getting rimmed around the boards and if it's has too far to travel, it's not it's hard for the opponent. Off. Yeah. It's getting picked off or, or about the time you get it, you're going to get a shoulder right to the chin. So, um, Things just happen cleaner, crisper, faster when you're playing with. That was segment two with Tom Chorsky here on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Stay tuned for segment three. Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. 